Here's what we're talking about. We're talking about scientific dishonesty, right? Mm -hmm. So what's interesting about this for me personally is I watched Oppenheimer and then I watched it again, right? Mm. Um, and two times, two times. Uh, hello, Captain. Good to see. You. Thanks for jumping on the live stream with us. Um, yeah, we think we got a good topic in store here. So yeah, um, second mm-hmm. time I watched it, I watched it with, uh, with a friend, and I was thinking, you know, at least how it was portrayed in the movies, there wasn't anyone um, that was overseeing this group of physicists, right? Mm-hmm. It's a great movie. I, I definitely highly endorse it, so I would definitely recommend seeing it. But mm-hmm. uh, If you can, see it in one of the few IMAX theaters that are in the country uh, that have the, the... I forgot what the specific um, ratio it is, but it's supposed remember. to be really... It's supposed to be like really, really... like To see it in the, the perfect th- deal, it's supposed to be like in an IMAX theater like a specific right. IMAX theater so uh what'd you think did you, uh, did you get to see it that way or no oh uh, no no yeah me neither I still did. great right I did see it in IMAX um but also I'm gonna deviate for a second cause it reminds me Denison did you see Mission Impossible yet I'm not I've man, not I swear Mission Impossible Every movie uh, suggesting I give Dennis, and you know, he does. He's like, ah, yeah, yeah, definitely doesn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hey, man, I'm I'm busy. I am busy, you know? Yeah, but not too busy. To see Oppenheimer, which was a three hour movie. <laughs> anyway, let's give you a hard time. Uh, <laughs> but it's 70, 75 millimeter um, film is what Catherine's saying. So, ah, um, okay. That's it. But yes, um, really what I was saying with this is that no one was there to give oversight, really, for Oppenheimer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, that's understandable, right? There was no one smarter on quantum research than him. You know what I mean? At the time. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I was just thinking about that. There's no oversight for these people who are dictating not dictating, but just giving us explanations for why things happen, right? Mm-hmm. So this is where today's topic comes in. Um, the Guardian, which I will say um, has a history of um, blowing things out of proportion. Mm-hmm. Although I will not say that's what they're doing on this one. I don't know. Uh, but, you know. Regardless of that, I still will take this for what it's worth. But they have reports of uh, scientific misconduct with significant cases at Stanford and Harvard. Um, Stanford's president resigned after investigations highlighted issues in his research, um, but he didn't falsify any data. So that's mm-hmm. different. Um a guy in Harvard Business School faced accusations of falsifying research on, get this, honesty, right? <laughs> Which is interesting. That's, that's so, wait, really what? interesting. Right. And so, our discussion tonight doesn't have to be about things on, like, the quantum level, right? Mm-hmm. 
a lot of these things are stuff that you get in your newsfeed on a daily basis, right? Mm-hmm. Like a new study shows that apples are 80% more likely if eaten every day to keep the doctor away, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that research could have been falsified. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Damn, someone's trying not to laugh more on that. Uh, that was funny. But yeah, so I think it's important that we can trust in these scientific institutions. And that's what makes this story so interesting. So mm-hmm. I say we go ahead and slap right into it. What's going on, everybody? I'm John. And I'm Dennison. And this is the catch up. Best ways you can support this show. Gotta wait for the props. There's your three. There's introing the three. But uh, number one, of course. Okay. <laughs> I was confused as to what that was at first. Um, number one is you know, leave us a rating review. Let us, know. <laughs> Let us know what you think of each episode and the show as a whole. Every rating and review helps us grow wherever you're listening, wherever you're watching, and subscribe if you like us as well. Number two, number two, that's actually three, my bad. Uh, oh, a watch, that thing was crisp. All right, all right. So, number two is uh, if you're listening on the audio, <laughs> thank you for making sure we got that. If you're listening on the audio, you're going to want to jump on the uh, Facebook or the YouTube with us. We go live every single week. And if you subscribe or give us a follow, you can jump on and join the discussion with us in real time. It's something that we've really enjoyed doing and uh, love to get your feedback as we discuss. And number three. Oh, my gosh. A USB drive. That's a, that's a unique addition to this count. Um, number three. Uh, if you want to support us monetarily, because it does cost to put this show on, we have really good, solid, quality, clean merchandise at the uh, link below, wherever you're listening, wherever you're watching. Um, we got shirts, we got hats, we got long sleeves, hoodies. Uh, if you want to prepare for the winter really early. And uh, we also have uh, phone cases, mugs, and uh, a little bit more, man. There you go. There's all three right there. <laughs> so, all right, let's uh, let's roll back into this discussion, man. Um, so, as I said, those are just some examples of you know scientific negligence, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. So, a watchdog website called Retraction Watch has reported on numerous incident instances of misconduct, knowing that most don't occur at institutions like Stanford or Harvard. Um, but retraction, as in, you know, you have to retract your statement and fix it, have surged from 40 in 2000 to 5,500 in 2022. That's a gigantic increase. Yeah, that's a very these, big jump. What are these people doing? Playing Candy Crush? While they're splitting atoms? 
<laughs> no, they're just making all the claims, man. All the claims. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I think it did? I think it created a Pokemon in real life. No, <laughs> it's not true, actually. My uh, bad. <laughs> it was a fever dream. <laughs> right. <laughs> so according to this article that we're referencing, that may actually be an underestimation of the actual amount of misconduct. Hmm. There could be more. That's even worse. So, uh, I would think. Well, actually, I want to ask you. Um, which Catherine's calling these alternative facts. <laughs> <laughs> which part? I want to know which. Oh, that's the uh, scientific claims are alternative facts. I feel that. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me, man, what do you think is causing uh, the spikes in misinformation? What's different about 2022 versus 2000? Um, I mean, I think there's a lot, you know, especially when it comes to, because it was 2000, the year 2000. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's been a lot that's happened in, you know, two, you know, uh, two decades, essentially. Um, mm-hmm. Because, uh, I mean, you have the age of social media. Information is far more available. Uh, to users than they have than it has ever been, especially in the 2000s. Right, it was just infant stages of the internet, and then also I think there's so much um, buzz around different scientific studies that people are just like clamoring for. At least my opinion is is that people are just clamoring for more and more like published studies to come out or whatever like that. And for more and more people just to read that cool headline, right? More and more news outlets looking for that really cool headline. Like, you know, three and the recent studies stated that three and five people um, may experience a fright in their living room um, in the (laughs) next 10 days or something like that. Whoa. A frightened, but it's not a true story, by the way. In case yeah. you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, I, th- I, you know, I think there's a lot of news outlets that are just super gung ho about like jumping into that, uh, that process. And I think the studies are kind of following into that same foot into those same footsteps where they're, they're publishing more info out before it's like fully vetted and stuff. Because you you know it's a lot of recanting their statements or something similar to that. So, yeah, no, I feel that man. Um, well, according to this, according to this study, two main factors contribute to this spike: volunteers who scrutinize academic literature for inconsistencies, mm. uh, which I guess was not happening back then in tw- two thousand. And uh, the realization by publishers that their models are vulnerable to paper mills that sell entire research uh, materials. So paper mills was in quotes. Um, but yeah, those those research materials could go out. So let's look at this in a different scope, right? Mm-hmm. Like red wine, bad for you. Red wine, good for you. Red wine, bad for you, right? 
This could be a why. They didn't have as much oversight back then as they do now. So now there's more concern, kind of like what you were saying, mm-hmm. and uh, more oversight now, too, which would lead to more issues being found. So it makes you wonder, what have we learned or thought we learned uh, from decades-old research? I believe that, that it, those issues would probably have come to light because usually those are public issues, uh, public research that can be studied and looked over you know mm-hmm. um well, i find that really interesting um catherine says conjecture and opinion have been allowed to be held at the same time at the same level as scientific results that can be repeated by scientific method um that's true it depends on the theory right the certain theories mm-hmm. get more public publicity than others like the theory of relativity right we basically take the theory of gravity it's a theory right but <laughs> I think uh, I think we all experience it every day, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, those type of things. But then other things, yeah, you have to have proven and are able to prove. Right? You can't prove or disprove gravity with at least what they had when the theory was first uh, devised, if you will. Yeah, yeah, um, and then or sorry, go ahead. But yeah, according to this, um, gravity is both a theory and a law. The law of gravity calculates the amount of attraction while the theory describes why objects uh, attract each other in the first place. Mm-hmm. So that's really interesting. It's both, you know. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. It's just the different sides in which you're looking at it. Mm-hmm. Um, one is like, I guess the 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 factoid portion of it is more... Like, this is exactly what we can observe, and then the rest of it is more along the lines of, based on what we have observed, this is our opinion or thought process of how and why things do what they do or whatever like that when it comes to gravity. So that is a really cool way to think about it. Um, One that I haven't really thought of, you know? Sure. Yeah, I... um... I find that all interesting. So this is um, scientific fraud, which is what I was leaning into on this. Mm-hmm. Scientific fraud isn't just a professional issue. It can endanger lives. As seen in the case of Joaquin Bolt, his misleading results on the blood substitute had fatal consequences. A blood substitute, bro. This dude was trying to be like, ah. Oh, you need blood? Don't have it. But try try this peanut butter instead. Yeah, you'll be uh, good. You'll be right as rain. Yeah, right as rain. So um, this is a German anesthesiologist who uh, he has 186 retractions and is the highest. He has the most retractions of anyone. Uh, Yeah. So uh, he studied a blood substitute that was used in hospitals across Europe. His results, which were published around 1990 and 2009 and widely cited, suggested that the product used to help keep blood pressure in the delivery of oxygen uh, to cells adequate was saving lives. After his fraud came to light and researchers reanalyzed all the available data while leaving Bull's results out, 
It turned out the opposite was true. The substitute was associated with a significant increased risk, sorry, of mortality and acute kidney injury. Oh, Um, wow. That's insane, man. That Um, is. That is. Well, you know, in, in this really kind of talks more about the, the need for peer review, right? Because, you know, not only part of the scientific method, by the way, it is, it is. But, you know, I think everybody gets so gung ho about like their results that they kind of skip that portion. Um, but, you know, I think it's it's so important that the peer review stage of these studies gets, like, properly pursued because, you know, you get, you know, like, moments where you're having to retract your statement because after peer review, they've seen this, you know, the the flaws in their experiment or the flaws in how they were researching things or if there was biased or anything like that. Um, it shows up there usually, right? And... And kind of like, pardon me, Um, kind of like um, the fact that more people are able to access these studies than they were before, um, there's a higher percentage of, of, you know, plenty of researchers being able to jump in, you know, from across the world to be able to jump in on these studies and look at them and, and scrutinize them. And review them and say like, ah, nah, this isn't this isn't working, um, you know, and do it in a quicker amount of time too. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, there's a scene in Oppenheimer where he waits, or well, he has to go to Princeton to talk to Albert Einstein to ask him what he thinks about you know, his findings and results to nuclear uh, fusion, right? Mm-hmm. Or fission. Dang it, I always do that. But, no worries. but yeah, uh, that that's what makes it different. That's also what makes it surprising to me that they are so much higher. This should be easier than ever to oversee this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, you would think. But, I mean, there's tons of people who are doing research, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. It could just be a flat line because they're all able to be more busy with their studies, you know? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. We live in an age where it's so much easier because of technology to bring uh, more people in to do different types of studies and stuff like that. Uh, you know, think about it. If you, if you need to research something that at least for the most part, you just needed people's verbal communication um, you can easily do that just via like Teams or Zoom, um, right? Which, you know, never before was really a, a, a an easy way to do it. I mean, sure, you can get on the phone and call someone, but it's not going to be the same as doing like a Zoom call or a Teams call because you can you have that you know face to face interaction going. Hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Um. And to the point you're making too. This is interesting to me. Publishers and and journals have been criticized for slow responses uh, with some retractions delayed for years. Um, Universities often investigate allegations internally, which might not ensure unbiased results, of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, I get that, but 
Yeah, it seems like there's a reluctancy, maybe even among the uh, scientific community, you know, of of not wanting to rat people out for being wrong or or just being too self focused on their own works, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting, man. Um, yeah, it is. It is. You know, it kind of. Um, I know we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but um, it's kind of like the a great example of this. I feel like is um, there was a there was an article that came out about a week ago or so um, about a team of researchers that had found a material that is able to be a superconductor. Um, with at room temperature and so um why this is so significant is because superconductors you know for them to be able to do their really really cool properties of like levitation and some other in like superposition or whatever like that there's a Mm -hmm. couple other things that they can do but um essentially the only way for that to happen is for them to be incredibly like cooled to a high amount, right? To a huge degree. Um, and, you know, that takes a lot of energy and a lot of time and a lot of effort um, to get it cooled down like that. And then even past that point, you know, you can't really do as much with it as it kind of, conti- as it starts to thaw. So, um, Anyway, with all that to being said, uh, with all that being said, um, it was if it was found out later on this week that, or earlier this week, I should say, um, it was found that that study was uh, incorrect. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. That's a big deal, man. Especially with that being a blossoming technology, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One that that could reven- revolutionize. Um, how we do a lot of things, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, it's just one of those things where truth is hard to find. I'm not saying that's anything new. Um, but, you know, there's just more outlets, more content always being fed your way. You know, I, I think it's just. I, this I don't know. This is how I approach this kind of stuff, right? Because this is an obvious problem, right? You know, if you get one of those alerts as like, hey, someone just blah, 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 this and that, right? I feel like you got to take it for your word, but on certain things, uh, you, you know, it's easy to question. Like take the Alzheimer's drug, for example, right? Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Uh, It's based off of other drugs, and uh, they've had a lot of studies with a lot of efficacy. I think like medications different because they have to go through so many control groups, and there's a whole FDA, a lot of oversight. But with certain other things, like you know, an apple a day may not actually be the best thing for you. Mm -hmm. If it works for you, it's like I don't know, man. You know what I mean? What's an apple gonna do to you? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get that. So, anyway, I don't know. Those are just my thoughts, man. Do you have any other thoughts you want to add? Um, you know, I uh, I think I think it uh, just kind of feeds into something that you know I think we've continuously touched on over this time. Um, 
is that you know not everything that you see um, article wise or scientific study wise can always be like instantly um, proven or not proven but um, instantly trusted right um, sure you always want to do your own due diligence and if you don't feel comfortable with you know with what you find or feel like you're not able to get as far in it as you would like. Um, you know, I always try to tell people to um, maybe not say that that's exactly what's going on right then and there. Sometimes it, it does really require that due diligence of like researching whatever that topic is and then comparing and contrasting to what these articles are saying or what these studies are saying, and then you can kind of form your own opinion, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. I completely agree with that. And, you know, I mean, it just also depends on the subject, but I think a lot of those things, I, I really think that's worth your while, you know, mm-hmm. doing your own research. So, yeah, great discussion. I think we mm-hmm. had a great discussion on this late night podcast. Thank you guys for joining us. For the comments, for the viewers, uh, mm-hmm. for for listening and watching with us, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much, and we'll catch up with you next week.